If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Charles, I am mind blown by this particular story because we typically think, well, if you're earning more, you have greater access to resources, surely you can't be struggling financially. But help us unpack what we're seeing in terms of the trend of luxury pawnbroking in South Africa. Kugu, so, yeah, thank you. You know, I think the basis that we depart from is that we, we provide access to one's money. In other words, you have an asset and it's just that your cash flow is mismatched with with your asset base. So you may need cash at a particular time for a particular purpose. You just don't have that access to the cash. It doesn't mean that you're poor. It doesn't mean that you're irresponsible. Mm. It just means that things have, haven't worked out exactly as uh, anticipated. And you need the cash for now. And that's what we're able to do. We monetize the assets that you do have. Hence, we, you access your own money. And that's what we provide the liquidity that you may need for that particular period in time. And I can tell you, it's not for the rich. It's not for the poor. It's for everybody. Um, we all have a requirement of money at some point in time that just perhaps is just not matched with our cash flow requirements for that point in time. Either mm-hmm. it's a delayed payment or a customer hasn't paid us in time or we have an opportunity that we need a little bit of a kickstart and we want access to money. Money makes the world go round. See why we like speaking to you, Charles, because you're helping us clarify the narrative. I nearly ran away here with a negative concept of what this environment tells us. But I, I understand you full well that these are not necessarily people who are financially irresponsible uh, or who uh, don't have access to, to, to money at the moment, but perhaps might need that initial and, and very urgent and immediate cash injection and they need to liquidate some of their assets. Uh, help us understand, I guess, just you know, the space within which you play uh, uh, where a lot of South Africans might want to access some of your services versus going to a typical bank? So, I mean, what you said is exactly right. The narrative, unfortunately, is tainted. And that, that, is, a, that is a bit of a pity because a lot of us are sitting on what we term a lazy asset. In other words, money stored up in an asset that you could actually access the cash value of it or the liquidity value of it. But it does need to be temporary. So if you access this type of finance, it needs to be for a short period of time. It's an enabler. It's got to achieve a certain purpose. It's not permanent capital. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's for a sh- generally for a short period of time just to get you over that hill. Um, in terms of the people that you mentioned, in terms of South Africans, I mean, a, a large part of our client base is actually businesses where businesses uh, have, a, have a particular cash requirement or need for a certain period of time. And their backs against the wall, um, not because they're doing badly, not because they're not profitable, mm-hmm. just merely because their cash flow isn't working out as anticipated. And when you say that, it actually starts to make a lot more sense now because as we witness with the pandemic, cash flow is typically where a lot of businesses struggle. And in the environment that we've been in with uh, late invoice payments or uh, contracts not coming through uh, and, and exorbitant expenses that businesses need to cover, this does make it very realistic to understand uh, the kind of uh, challenges from a cash flow point of view that businesses have been struggling with. I'm keen to understand, though, typically how you, you monitor this, whether for individuals or for businesses, because as you say, offering lending uh, for immovable assets to unlock some liquidity uh, does need to come with certain rules and regulations to to monitor the behavior but also manage the risk associated with lending so yes i mean the the space that we're in which actually happens to be in the pawnbroking space we don't really like that term but it is what it is Um, it's a term regulated by the national credit act so we are regulated by the nca the rules are very um uh, clear and fundamental as to what can be done, how it should be done, what you can charge, what you can't charge, etc. 
And like any oversight organization, we have oversight over our business. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of accessing the loan itself, it's a very regulated industry and we play by the rules of that industry. Mm. I'm glad to hear that. So the the usual treating customers fairly, uh, the national credit regulator, all of those aspects are taken care of, uh, which again Mm -hmm. gives us further comfort as South African consumers around uh, those rules. Uh, Maybe, Charles, if we can, you know, just taking a look at consumer insights and trends that you can share with us. Typically, what would an average Google as an entrepreneur or individual bring to your store to, to look to liquidate? So the most common, oh, well, first let me say, you know, value is relative to everybody. So, okay. you know, if you've got it, no, I, don't, I don't mean to disparage Toyota Corollas or Lamborghinis, but if you've got a Toyota Corolla, it will release a certain amount of money based on the value of that Toyota Corolla. Mm-hmm. If you have a Lamborghini, it will release a higher amount relative to the person it fulfills a need. So to answer your question, we have a vast um uh, array of vehicles. That's probably the most popular really? because uh, people generally tend to pay off a vehicle over a period of time and it can release quite a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. We have an array of um, commercial um, assets such as trucks and trailers and that type of stuff. We find particularly in the building industry where cash flows are particularly erratic, mm-hmm. we have a really fundamental role to play. The weather may play havoc. Um, uh, so, uh, certificates may be issued um, not as regularly or paid as regularly as the builder needs, bearing in mind he's got overheads that come on a regular routine monthly basis. Perhaps his payments don't come through as regularly. Um, we find that the parastatals um, are not paying as routinely as they should and it's putting a lot of our clients and customers in, in particular financial stress for a period of time. Mm. It's temporary. I, I emphasize that it needs to be fairly short term because we we look after the asset while the loan is in place. So you, unfortunately, you don't have the use of the asset in, in the uh, sense of the asset being used. Um, and then we see a whole lot of other type of stuff, watches and art and other luxury items mm. that people have amassed over time. And they just need to, to monetize it for a short period of time to just get over the hump that they, they're currently facing at the time. Hundred percent, and maybe let's talk about that. That uh, I guess turnaround time, right? And as you've mentioned, it's been a really peculiar economic environment at the moment. Um, so, typically, how long? I'm not too sure what the technical term is for it, but how long would it take for many of your customers who do look to uh, take on some kind of lending uh, to actually pay off uh, that uh, facility back? Uh, is there an average? Does it depend on the asset? Does it depend on the business? So, the amount? No, it doesn't depend on the asset, and it uh, it really depends on our clients' cash flow. We try and match the cash flow of a client. So we're not going to put you in a corner because that will actually exacerbate your problem more than relieve your problem. So if you come to us and take a loan, it can be, realistically, it can be a day, it can be a month, it can be two months. It really depends on your cash flow as to to when your particular opportunity is going to roll out. Mm. So I know it sounds very vague, but we try and match our clients' cash flows. Mm, 100%. No, I get you on that one, Charles, and I understand it's a very unique positioning that that you're in. Uh, And I I don't want to leave the audience with a very negative uh, or misconceptions about uh, your business and what it is you do. And as you've so eloquently put it, it's really about assisting people when they need uh, that uh, injection of cash flow and have assets that they can briefly liquidate at the time. Uh, Beyond this, you also assist uh, a lot of uh, businesses, I guess, in terms of bridging finance, dealer finance, property transfer finance. And I'm keen to understand, you know, how you're finding that in 
interplay uh, in the in the local environment in South Africa. Again, high interest rates, uh, many South Africans finding themselves slightly constrained. And are, are you witnessing this, especially within your SME or business segment? We are witnessing that. I must say, um, we're definitely seeing a need for liquidity and a need for cash mm. um, to keep businesses afloat and to keep the wheels turning. Now, there's a great saying: a great, a, a good business can't survive without cash flow, whereas a bad business can, ironically. True. So we're definitely seeing that that whole SME market is desperately in the need for, for money. Generally, they have assets. They just don't, and I do mean this respectfully, don't have the sophistication or the training to sit in front of a bank and get access to capital, mm-hmm. to get access to the cash mm-hmm. that they, they would otherwise need. And that's the role that we fill for the SME. So the opportunity can still be fulfilled um, with the use of the assets that they're able to, to use as collateral. When it comes to the bridging finance, um, that is particularly in the, in the, when a property is sold. And there's a period of time that it takes from selling the property to actually getting your money in. And we're able to successfully bridge that period of time that you can get access to your money a little bit sooner to take advantage of the opportunity or to do a renovation on another house, mm-hmm. or to put a deposit on another house, et cetera. So we, we definitely need finding that one has to be more creative to service the needs of the SMEs, the entrepreneurs, the guys that are actually making a difference in our economy. Just the traditional paths are not not always suited to the trading style of our of our community. Mm. And you're mentioning something so critical here, just in terms of the lack of knowledge and information, uh, but even exposure to the mm. variety of products or, or systems and tools that might be available in the market. And I, I think this is a very important aspect for us to delve into, because typically uh, mm. most South Africans might be risk averse. Uh, when you have to, when you're an entrepreneur, though, you, you need a little bit more guts and gusto, right, to actually get things done. Mm. But perhaps the, this negative perception of credit and how to adequately access it and use it and pay it off is still slightly misunderstood. Are we finding that it's either the fear and the anxiety or actually not knowing how uh, to tap into this particular utility in an appropriate way? I think, I think it's a bit of both. You know, I think one in order to access credit from what I'm going to call traditional lines, you've got to be fairly sophisticated. Mm. You've got to have the right cash flow projections. You've got to have the right credentials and you've got to have the right collateral. And without those three items, I think it's very, um, the odds are against you of, of accessing traditional finance, which in a sense I understand because the banks have got deposits and they need to look after the depositors' um, interest, the depositors' money. When you come to asset base or pawnbroking, you know, one of the benefits is that there's no real risk to the borrower anymore. What do I mean by that? In the event of a traditional loan, if you're unable to pay back the loan, and that does happen, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you can be uh, you can be on the line for years and years, fighting legal cases, engaging with lawyers, defending you know your credit history, and actually impairing your credit history. When it comes to pawnbroking, all that you've got on the line really is the asset that you've used as collateral. So, in the event that a loan uh-huh. goes bad, your opportunity doesn't work out us as a company have got no recourse to you as a person. Google can't, I can't go to Google and say, please, um, <clears throat> if you don't pay me, I'm going to sue you and costs keep um, increasing and mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's collection charges and this and that and the et cetera. So you actually have no more risk. And hence, coming back to your point, the risk of an entrepreneur in the pawnbroking space and the asset lending space that we play in, mm-hmm. 
you know, in a large sense, we actually de-risk you completely because if it doesn't, if the opportunity doesn't work, you liquidate the asset. Then you, you liquidate the asset, you walk away. It's a life lesson, and you move on and you carry on. And all of those entrepreneurs have had life lessons, and that's what it is. But you just don't want that life lesson to like stay with you forever. You actually want to you want to put it behind. You want to move on. You want to go forward. Exactly. And that's um that's the risk element of um, taking a traditional loan versus a pawnbroking loan. Charles, I'll be honest, you you I had a very different perception of the reality of what you do uh, before we started this interview. So this really does give us a lot more context and clarity yeah. uh, around the myriad of uh, services that uh, entrepreneurs and business owners and individuals really can tap into uh, to, to unlock some cash flow uh, in order to get them going. Uh, but I'm also keen to understand typically uh, when, when you know, as you've discussed, this is entrepreneurs who find themselves under pressure. Uh, in the economic climate, we do find that it's a very difficult environment. Uh, and, and I'm keen just to understand if we are seeing uh, that the high interest rate environment, of course, with high inflation, uh, has also played a, a contributing factor to this. So in other words back during lockdown? Did you see similar volumes and, and trends uh, in terms of demand? You know, I think, uh, look, uh, someone who lends out money generally does well when when the environment is positive, um, when there's opportunity in front of them, when there's activity in front of them. When you're in a, in a spiraling down type of environment or attitude, it's very difficult to take on risk. It's very difficult to borrow money knowing that you know, on a balance of probabilities, it's a 50-50 whether it will work out or not. When you've got growth and when you've got positivity and when you've got optimism, it's far easier to take on risk mm. because, you, you you know, your probability goes up. You've got a 90%, 95% pro- probability of your opportunity working out. So definitely in a higher interest rate environment where sentiment is lower, we find that the economic activity is, is under pressure when interest rates come down and all of a sudden positivity is up and your attitudes are better, that's when we find that the um, environment is far more, is greater. So COVID was one of those periods where it was actually very negative. Um, we, we, our activity kind of slowed down quite drastically. There was a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And in those uncertain periods of time, people don't want to borrow. Bear in mind, Google, we are not we are not the lender to desperate people or yes. to bad people or mm-hmm. to poor people. That's not... That's not what we're talking about here. You know, those guys, unfortunately, should rather liquidate the assets permanently. We are the facilitator for people who have opportunity and will come out of it on the other side. We've got opportunity, but just need to, they just need that little boost, that cash flow boost to get it going. 100%. I'm glad you've elaborated on this because it does give us a better understanding uh, uh, beyond just the financial pressures that many South Africans find themselves under. But within the context that you've described of uh, businesses finding themselves uh, cash-strapped due to exogenous factors, uh, but still being in viable businesses that can function and looking for alternatives just to boost their cash flow at that time, this really does make a lot of sense, Charles. Uh, no, it does. You, you, yeah, sorry. I was about to leave it off on a much lighter note to actually ask is, uh, are there any... <laughs> The word, I can't find the right word, but weird items that people might bring <laughs> that they have some kind of value. <laughs> so there are some weird items, actually. I mean, we've had whiskey collections that people have wanted to monetize. Really? We've had a hearse. People have monetized. I mean, we've had an airplane. We've had a yacht. Uh, those are quite exotic. Then we've got the traditional art, like, um, you know, your Kentridge and those type of artists. Mm-hmm. We've have. Um, Watches, uh, Richard Mills and Rolex, you know, a whole host. It's, it's, it's fascinating 
and it's motivating yeah. to see the assets that people have. And I can, you know, you only leave on a light and a positive note. You yes. know, the people that back themselves um, and, and use those assets that they've like really worked hard for and saved for to use them to open up further opportunity and make a difference. I mean, those guys, I mean, they are so motivating. Mm-hmm. When, they, when we engage with them and we listen to the opportunity, it really is an incredible experience. We're privileged. I mean, I know it sounds stupid to say, but we are actually privileged because we, we're actually dealing with the people who are making an absolute difference Definitely. and backing themselves. And it's, it's incredibly motivating for us. Definitely. Incredibly motivating. I get it now, Charles. I get it. So you, you certainly are privileged because, as you rightly say, you're backing individuals who are taking the necessary risks to keep the wheels of this economy going despite Absolutely. the difficulties that they encounter. Truly appreciate your time. I can't wait for us to touch base on this one again to find out. Uh, Thanks, Google. <laughs> Definitely. Dynamics. And as you mentioned, value is relative, right? So if a hearse and a whiskey collection are of value to you, well, hey. Let's see if uh, yeah. there's a way to liquidate that That's, and uh, boost your business. <laughs> and this, exactly, exactly. Such a we'll be here. We'll Definitely. be here. Thank you so much, Charles. Truly appreciate your time this evening. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.